here, there, and everywhere. Yeah. SAFM 107 FM in Kruenstadt. All right, so I hope that the phone line is going to be much better this time around. Gabelo, good morning. Can you hear me? Good morning, Katie. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Great to have you on the show. So I was saying just a short while ago, you know, the title of your book is How I Made My Dream Life with Only 350 Rand. It sounds too good to be true. I know. Eh? Um, thank you. Let me also greet your, your listeners uh, for the opportunity. Mm. Um, it is the truth story of how I've managed to start my business, what it is today, winning awards, um, not only operating in South Africa, but also operating SADC, having an office in Namibia and Zambia, uh, with office in Joburg, Cape Town, and Devon. From the 350 rent tip, I earn as a waiter, after literally dropping from my intention of studying for medicine, Cabello, a lot of people are going to be searching their wallets for 350 <laughs> rand <laughs> and wondering what is it that they could be doing with it that you managed to do with it um, to build a successful business of yours. I think in a bit more detail, tell us a bit more about your story and what shaped you um, and just your entrepreneurial journey. You know, Kathy, um, when, when, when I look back, in fact, if you look at my book, you will see that I dedicated my book to my great-grandmother. Um, why? I'm actually from the very poor background. We, uh, I'm, I'm the third child of a single mother who had five kids, not finishing metric. My great-grandmother never went to school. And, and, and the teaching that we had at home, as disadvantaged as we are, we were at the time, um, it stood with me till this day, and that's why when I look back, it's basically for that. One of the greatest things that I use in my life till today because of life is a challenge. I'm from a very religious or faith background, so we used to pray. But one of the greatest things that my mama, which is I call her mama, taught me till this day was we got the absence of of of. Basically, the, the absence of fortunity or opportunities doesn't mean that God is not there. So we knew that God is a God of time, and there's a time for everything, and he created the season. So on that season, you would have a day and night, and you would have different seasons. And if you go through winter, we don't question anything, but we enjoy and we have to go through it. And that was one thing that stood with me in my business uh, life or in my business journey till this day. So when I came to Joburg, I came to Joburg the year 2001 uh, to study medicine. And interesting enough, I had a buzzer, I had everything, but there was no money to send me from Mafikeng home, back at home at the village Papung to come and study medicine. I arrived late. And when I arrived late, I had to beg the dean for me to, um, I arrived on the 15th. In fact, I arrived on the 16th of uh, February the year 2001 begging the dean to be included. And they could only say to me, okay, for you to be included, Cabello, we would uh, consider you for the year uh, 2002, but you will need to spend time in the hospital, which is then they they sent me to Lenegio Hospital, which is I was supposed to spend about eight hours um, 
being around the doctors and just to see if it's a career of choice that I wanted to. Then I realized after some time that I medicine was not for me. And I have found a job as a waiter because of I had to survive. I only had that. And getting the job as a waiter, the previous year, 2000, and to the year 2000, I finished my matric. I was at my matric farewell. Happened at McRib Mill Park. It used to host matric farewells. However, when we were hosting matric farewells, one side of the restaurant will still have patrons. And I just, there was just a bit of a discomfort on me with the whole uh, scenario of the matric farewell. I was 18 years old. I remember telling my fellow waiter, I, I think I can do better. I can do a better matric dance for these people. And he bet me and he says, Gabriel, you know what? We all say six. And I bet you the same year next year, you will be here working as a waiter. And I bet with him. I don't know what got into me. And I said, Papa, I bet you 10,000. Next year, I will not be a waiter. In fact, I'm going to just go and serve these people or open a business to do metric dance. Come a year after 30 years of, 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 of August, I think, he comes to me. I have no money. He says, Cabello, we made a bet. Let me tell you something. The first cooler has called the restaurant. They're coming through. So I guess you start making, uh, you start paying me. Without thinking, I just said, you know what? This is my last uh, shift for the day. And for, uh, this is my last shift. This is the last time I'm working as a waiter. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to resign after this uh, because of I made a bet with you. I resigned on that day. I had a tip. The only money I had, I didn't save. Bear in mind. The only money I have was 350. Biggest mistake in my life. I doubted if I made the right decision because of the same month I had no place to stay. Uh, things really got so terrible for me. I even had chicken pox and whatnot. But long story short, the following month, which is, was the month of October, I have secured four schools, printed what I call the profiles with that 350, go to the very same schools, and they trusted me. They gave me a business, four schools gave me a business with uh, charging them uh, 25000 That's how I literally say I made my first 100000 rent. From just year 350, uh, uh, printing leaflets and going mm. to the school. And that's how my journey started. Gabelo, uh, it sounds incredible. I, how serious did you guys take this bet? I mean, people take bets all the time, but the fact that you <laughs> ended up resigning um, and, and without this clear plan, it sounds like you guys were, were quite committed to it. Or did you see it as a push into your next level, into your next chapter? You know, Casey, in my book, I even stated it and it says that, you know, I've learned. I even dedicated a, a, a page to Papa. I called him Papa, my fellow waiter. And I said, I learned how God can shake you and move you to your greatness in certain manner. Have it not been for him coming back? Because of on that day, I was coming to work for a night shift. He made a joke about it. And everyone was laughing. And for me, it was, I, I even said it, I didn't have the aha moment where people talk and say, you know what, I'm, I'm actually going to do something great. For me, it was like, okay, everyone is laughing, and I seem to be baking, work, baking from my word, and I can't do that. Then going back to the teachings that I've learned from my great-grandmother was once you made a promise, you never step back, or you never step back from that promise. And I had to then 
because that was a promise I made to say that I won't be here and the same school have, have, have called. And I just, without thinking, I had no money for rent on that particular month. And that's why things were a bit challenging for me. But um, I, I'm, I'm so grateful that I've done that. And that's mm-hmm. why I say that I've, through that, then that's what I've learned, that the greatest things in life comes from an opportunity because of um, it was an, a, a discomfort of what I am. I mean, I always say that there was, there was 20 of us in a shift. And, and that time, that discomfort spoke to me alone. Mm. And I had to act on it. And I looked back at it to say that, have I not taken that first step? I will not be where I am today. So you then go to these business, to these schools to get business, 25,000 rand for each school to, to plan their matric dance. I imagine that it wasn't something that happened overnight. So speak to me about trying to secure business from different schools to the point where you, your business actually now begins to stabilize and begins to be something that um, pays you back effectively. So one of I was quite inquisitive as much as I was working as a waiter. For me, it was not just working as a waiter. Our boss for McRib um, family, uh, the, the restaurant, was a very young man, Adrian Kruger. I think he was on his third year. And I used to, every time the restaurant was, was not busy, I would sit with him and ask him some few questions. Um, I would I learn. And, and one of the key things that also was taught with, with, with the waitering business was, you don't have basic salary. You end by providing a good service by being a waiter. And for you to, to get something for the night, to get the tea for the night, you need to know what you are selling um, in terms of your product. So I took that as a learning because of, I worked as a waiter for like um, almost a year. Working as a waiter for a year, I, I served esteemed people like you where they believed me when I say to them, can I uh, recommend a steak for you? So when I went to the school, I was equipped with that, and, and I was able to pitch the business. In fact, when I went to the school, I didn't pitch the business as it was my business. I pitched it as if I'm the rep because of I was young. I was not going to be believable. So I pitched it as I'm the rep of the business, and yes, what would you do? And I saw, because of I worked at the restaurant and I saw what is a disadvantage. And the previous year, I, was, I, I had my own metric dances and I know what could be done. Hiring your own hall, you can um, uh, work or plan your program for the night and so forth. So I had all those things in my mind. And when I was speaking to them, I was telling them on how to help them, which is something that I always tell entrepreneurs and so forth to say that when you want to make money, and for me it was, to act on a discomfort to say, how can I make that metric dance better? Mm. It was not even about money. And I just realized later to say, okay, I charged them the very same amount of money they were spending at the restaurant on that night. And for me, when I put it together, it's like, wow, I'm actually making money out of this. And one of the things when I talk to people that get into entrepreneurship, I think we get there with this entitlement of money. But if you go there trying to solve someone's problem, mm. you will understand that when you're solving someone's problem, then money follows through. Cabello, you now run a business that employs over 300 people. You have offices, as you're mentioning earlier, in Johannesburg, in Cape Town, Namibia, and in Zambia. Do you sometimes feel that your life has been surreal, that um, when you look back at where you started with that 
350 rand and where you are today that it's almost you know it's it's incredible what you, what you've been able to accomplish it's not been a smooth ra- uh, railing um, mm. it's not been a smooth line uh, or life i have to say or journey i mean just to take you back and and it's all a learning and for me it's always I looked at life and I said that life is a student. I'm a student of this thing called life. I'm, I'm enrolled in the University of Life, so I just need to take every test as it came. Kathy, I'm coming from a disadvantaged background, so you can imagine at my 26 years old, I had an opportunity. I was making, I, that's when I made my first million. And I can tell you that at 28 years old, I was broken out. Why? I, I was not prepared for that type of growth. And when things started to open up for me was things that I always wanted became more of my disadvantage or what I will call uh, my case. And, and then I realized thereafter to say that that was the year 2009. Then I realized thereafter to say that, you know what, I need to start preparing myself to what I want to achieve. And the greatest thing that came to me was that then I came in contact with a lady called Michelle Combrick who own a marketing agency. I still remember vividly when I got into a office, I then knew what I wanted to. I used a business as a benchmark. So I had someone then who can take me from uh, where I was, where I was just working to survive, to do things, to now show me to say, okay, you can actually get your business into this level. But it was the very same lady that gave me an opportunity that actually went took the opportunity off because of now it was not about what I need to work. I, I was caught up in, um, in having an access to money, having access to things that I never used to be exposed to. Then I step back and I look at it to say, what did I do wrong? And, 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 and that's when the second time around, I call it my second chance. My second chance was few things that made me lose everything um, was the material, was for me to be known as the cabello who drives such and such a car. Mm-hmm. Um, my confidence to be fueled by how much money I have. And for me to say, what type of a business do I need to build? I started having mentorship around me. She, I used her as a mentor and says, Cabello, you need to start picturing your business or having a picture of your business turning 50 years old. Once you can have that picture in your mind and what type of a business will it be, then you need to start working towards that. That even if your business makes 30 million rand, because of now, you have this picture of a business that will be making about 100 million rent. It's, 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 it becomes very difficult for, for it, for you to be discouraged or even when things are hard because of now you have that long-term picture, which is, I think most of the time it's what we then, when we start the business, we never get the, the long-term picture in terms of where I want to see my business. You want to see your business now, COVID happens, and when COVID happens, then you're like, okay, no, it's about time I let go of this business. So with the moment she challenged me to have a picture of my business in 50 years old, and not only have that type of a picture, also use um, other, look at businesses that are 50 years old, that what type of business they are. Mm-hmm. And when I look back 2010 for businesses that were 50 years old then, 
they were multinationals. They were like big corporations. And the intentions has always been, how then do I push my business to become big, uh, big business? And in doing that, there were a few lessons. I think I had a fair share of controversy. One of the controversial things, which is also mentioned it on my book, was when I brought recross to the country, it didn't happen. I was trending on Twitter. So many people thought that would be the end of my business. But it could not be the end of my business because of already I have a plan of what type of a business I need to and why. I then it, it then propels me also to say, okay, if I want to be to have my business to at least have a lifespan of 50 years, Escabelo, what do I need to do? Few things is I need to go study, understand business, which is most entrepreneurs, we don't do that. We, we, we think that it's a tenacity. I had an opportunity. I worked from being a waiter from 350. I got here. But for me to go to the next chapter, it's not going to rely on my instinct. I need to to study, and that's why I, then I I'm, 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 I enrolled for business studies so that I can understand what the business is. Because the more your business grows, then you it it, it somehow tends you from being an entrepreneur to being an executive. Because now you have to look after your stakeholders, you need to look after your setting lights, you need to know the, the business acumen in terms of how do you then stretch your revenue to get to your goal that you wanted. You need certain people to employ certain people to bring certain skill within your organization, which is your management. And when you do all of those things, you also need to be very much equipped. And that was one thing from 2010, then I started doing. Then the, the other thing, just to put it, which is most of us we don't do, um, that I was also recommended was also to have a full-time psychologist, a therapist, because of being an entrepreneur, being in business, you deal with rejections every day. And that is a mental, that can affect your mental strength. We, we, we can um, train our body for physique and everything, but how often do we look after our mental strength? And from 2014, I started having a therapist that deals with me, that took me back uh, and says, okay, what are your threats as, as Cabello as a whole? What are your threats? What are you dealing with? You need to go back to issues that had a high potential to affect my business relationship and my business growth, such as my upbringing issues. My mom was not there for us, was working as a, as a domestic worker and so forth. I did not see it at the time that those have left some sort of some traumatic issues into my life and mm. that made me to be a bit short-tempered and so forth. So having a therapist that dealt with the whole being and getting me to a point whereby I can be sound as Cabello, I don't have insecurities and I don't have anything because of business is shrewd. The moment your business grows, there will be attacks. And once there will be those attacks, if you are not equipped and especially as, as, as a business person, if you cannot handle rejection or a failure, then it's going to be, um, it, it, could, it could lead to a disastrous event and, oh. and anything. Cabello, you uh, are absolutely brilliant. And I'm sure I'm not the only one who could listen to you um, give this really, really sound advice and share your own personal story with other entrepreneurs um, who are out there and just the rest of the SAFM community that's tuned into the conversation right now. Um, we have to find a way of maybe bringing you back again in the future. You know, when you open your next branch, you must let us know and we'll we'll use it as an opportunity to, to touch base with you again. Absolutely, really, really great conversation. Thank you so much for 
for coming onto this show, Gabelo Uncholo, and I love how he's described that, that there's so much that goes into the well-being of, of, of individuals that also then helps him become as effective and as productive as he is in, in his own business. And yeah, really, really solid advice there. All right, it's just after 11 o'clock. Utsile Saku is standing by uh, with your latest news update. Utsile, I think as as journalists, we also need, uh, you know, full-time psychologists. I don't know, that really, it, 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 it struck me I was like, you know, that's actually such a good idea. Utsile, good morning.